Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co- I cannot- I said my name wrong. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. <laughs> oh, Holden, it's so cold outside. Ooh. It is pretty cold. Actually, it's not it's too more bad like Holden today. Shiver. Ooh, or cold. Shudder. <laughs> Shudder. You're just watching so many horror movies on your streaming service. Yeah, that I don't have anymore, I don't think. Uh, hopefully not. I mean, maybe I just forgot to stop to, to cancel it. Maybe I'm paying for it. I don't know. Yeah, it's actually not too bad out today, though. Uh, this is like the first day in a while where I went outside without a, a big old winter coat on. I went out with just a, a sweatshirt. It's going to be 40 degrees Fahrenheit on Tuesday, I think. What a great start to the podcast, Holden. What are what are we doing here? <laughs> We've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of Nomadland and a little special bonus. We're going to be start we're going to start talking about WandaVision with with three episodes left. Yes. We're going to do it weekly, but we'll There's we'll two kind episodes of give our left we'll give after this week. Well, okay. Yeah, after this week. But we'll we'll also give our, our opinions on the th- series thus far as well. I hate it. Terrible. Knew it. That one movie podcast. Tom. First, Jimmy, we've got to do Tom's. I give that idea a Bergeron. Okay. Well, good. Well, we're going to do it anyway, so... <laughs> Tom's. Tom's is a rapid fire segment where we where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Are you okay, Holden? Do I need to read the do I, not, I do I need to read the script again? <laughs> do I need to do it? No, I've got it. Are you sure? I uh <laughs> I'm drunk off of this 1919 root beer I've got right here. Mm, that non-alcoholic mm. root beer goes straight to your head, man. You get the it, buzz it does, right yeah. away. All right, hold on. What's up it's first? So good. They sell the stuff in can. We sell the stuff in cans now. Wow. Okay, but first we've got some trailers to cover. We've got three trailers this week. We're gonna cover. First off, most importantly. We've got a new Snyder Cut trailer. This is the one that last week we we missed by like less than twenty four hours, probably probably like around twelve hours. It was it was very close. Um, but yeah, now we've got this new Snyder Cut trailer. What do you think, Jimmy? Uh, it you know, I my first in, my first instinct was wow that looks different from the Justice League movie, and then I remembered boy I don't remember the Justice League movie, so maybe I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it looks entertaining. Hopefully, yeah, it it does look quite a bit different than the than the original movie. I'd say, at least from what I remember. Although a lot of what they showed in the trailer is like new footage we haven't seen before. So, and I guess they're they're not using a lot of the jo- or maybe any of the Joss Whedon footage. Um, so it is going to be mostly new stuff. Uh, but we got some cool things. We we saw Dark Side. He looks like a big gray dude. Another another one. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a big hammer or something. Yeah. 
Um, so we, we see him. He's actually moving in this trailer. Uh, we see uh, Joker at the end. We live in a society, uh, Holden. Yeah, he said it. He said it. <laughs> wow. And the, he said he says we live in a society over like what, when it says like Zack Snyder's Justice League or whatever, which makes me think they're not actually going to say it in the movie. And they just put it in the trailer for people to be like, oh, my gosh, Joker said it. He said the thing that we've memed him for since Joaquin Phoenix did it. Um, I was going to say, you know what, Holden? I, I enjoyed Batman v Superman. Is it a good movie? No, I don't, I don't No, it's not a good movie. It's, it's a mediocre movie at best probably, but I enjoyed it in the theater. The one time I saw it, uh, didn't hate the movie. <laughs> Are you going to rewatch it before this one? Boy, I, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll watch a cinema sins or something. Who knows? Uh, maybe I'll read the Wikipedia plot page at the least. Um, there you go. So, you know, I, I don't, Justice League was terrible, though. I was just like, this movie's awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, but not apparently Zack Snyder's fault. Maybe we'll find out. I guess. So you know, uh, if I honestly, in, I enjoyed watching Batman v Superman. Like, I, it was a good time at the theater, even though the movie wasn't that good. So if I get that again, I'll be satisfied. But uh, it will be four hours. So good luck, Zack Snyder. That that's working against you. <laughs> good luck with the pacing. I uh yeah I haven't seen Batman v Superman yet so I will be. You've watching never that seen it? No. <laughs> How have you not seen that movie, Olden? I okay. I haven't seen that or Man of Steel, and I went in. I watched Wonder Woman because you don't really need to see any of the others, and then I just went and saw Justice League. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, I've I have not seen the whole Man of Steel. I I like recorded it on DVR once when it was on TV. Like several years ago, at least five years ago, and <laughs> I started. It was before Batman v Superman came out, and I started watching it. I was like, "This movie is so boring." I got like twenty <laughs> minutes in, and it was just Amy Adams like in Antarctica or something, and I was like, "This is so boring." I could not. <laughs> I had a DVR for free. I was planning on watching it, and then I it was so bored that I quit watching it. So I guess that that is Zack Snyder's fault, but maybe it got is better. It weird that. that is it weird that Batman v Superman turns five years old this year? Feels older, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- uh, overall the trailer, I think it looks better than the original. I think. I, I kind of like what you were saying. Don't know if it'll be any good, but I mean, if it's enjoyable, then that's good at least. Um, looks better than the original Holden. That's like someone it, saying, "My boyfriend looks better than Holden." <laughs> Boom, roast. <laughs> Just kidding. Wow. You're, you're a very good-looking gentleman, Holden. Oh, thank you, Jimmy. Um, but yeah, uh, Joker looks better, but it's, it's still Jared Leto, so whatever. You're just. A I'll hater. give it a. <laughs> you're I'll just give it a, a guy who's never seen Batman be Superman and you're just a hater. Yeah. Um, I have seen the matrix now though. So, <laughs> and you didn't really like it or whatever. <laughs> so you're a hater Holden, and not the yep. good kind, not the bill hater. You're just a hater. Oh yeah. Um, I'll give it a broke too. Sure. Why not? What's next? Yeah. For the trailers Holden. Next trailer, uh, Cruella, which, okay, so this... You mean... Uh, this y- movie... You mean what? Harley Quinn? 
<laughs> this movie has been like in the works for a long time. I remember they released like a first image for it like in fall of 2019 because I remember seeing that image and I'm like, where the heck is this movie? Like Emma Stone in this like big Disney movie. Where is it? Well, we finally got a trailer for it. It's coming out in May. Looks like it looks like it's coming out theatrically. Okay. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Um, but yeah, um, it looks, I think it looks interesting, but like it's a Disney movie. It it looks like it's, it's going for like a really hard edge kind of like crime, like thriller movie, but that's, you know, it's not going to be that. <laughs> it looks like Harley Quinn. <laughs> to me. It does. I was like, is this like are you doing a Margot and Margot Robbie Harley Quinn impersonation? Emma <laughs> Emma Stone? Uh I mean I thought it looked interesting, but again, it's like a Cruella Deville movie. Like you would have asked me, like, if you asked me two years ago, do you want a Cruella Deville movie starring Emma Stone? I'd be like, That sounds fine, but I really don't care. (laughs) And I think the movie looks fine, and I still don't really care. But, you know, if it's good, it's It's got to be good, though. If this movie's mediocre, forget it. I'm I'm not seeing it. She uh, she sets herself on fire, and I was like, is this just the Hunger Games? (laughs) It is the solo of the Disney live-action remakes, I would say. Except it's not a live-action remake. Disney princess evil person. It's it's kind of like that Christopher Robin movie that came out a couple years ago where it's like technically a live action adaptation but it's like kind of its own thing. Yeah. But it it's like a solo. I just don't we don't, I don't need it and I I don't really care yeah. and it's better be good otherwise it's I mean, not going to be memorable. Yeah. I mean it you know, I would w- if this were an R-rated movie, I'd be a lot more excited for it because, like, it looks like I'm see it's implied murdering like- some puppies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just- it lo- it's implied that there's like murder and stuff going on in the trailer, but that's probably not going to happen in that way because it's a PG-13 Disney movie. So PG-13, I'll that's give pretty it a- edgy. <laughs> I'll give it a uh, Bergeron. I'm at a Bergeron too. Okay, and then the final trailer we got is Mortal Kombat. And surprisingly, me personally, I liked this trailer the most. <laughs> uh, for those of you who do not know, I know absolutely nothing about Mortal Kombat. Uh, so I wasn't able to gauge this trailer. I think the action looked interesting. And mm-hmm. uh, if it just leans into that and i think if it doesn't take itself too seriously as someone who doesn't know any of the lore i i don't know is the mm-hmm. mortal Kombat story actually good <laughs> is that, is that I, disrespectful like, to ask, ask that question <laughs> it's well from what i understand it's like complicated i don't know if i think it's kind of like in the vein of like you're like a metal gear or something or where like it's complicated but that doesn't necessarily mean it's good <laughs> um uh so I think just lean into the action and, and make it a fun popcorn movie and not try to be a sophisticated plot thing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? No, you, you gotta know, <laughs> you gotta know if you're mission impossible or you're, if you're fast and the furious. Okay. You're a little bit more fast than the furious. I think Mortal Kombat. So just lean <laughs> yeah. into that a little bit. Mission. Im- yeah. Um, mission impossible. I, I got don't the know. Plot, man. I don't know a whole lot about, 
Mortal Kombat either. I know a few more characters than you do, and I don't really, I, I like, I don't really know the relationships with each other other than I think Sub Zero and Scorpion have like some rivalry or something, something like that. But um, I, I mean, I thought the trailer looked very fun. I agree with you. The action was like the highlight because it's got a lot of very fun fatality kind of things. Um, my favorite was when Sub-Zero, like, stabs a dude and then freezes his air- blood in midair into another dagger and stabs him again, <laughs> <laughs> which I just thought was really funny. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of stuff like that. You got the, got the Mortal Kombat music in the background towards the end. I think Scorpion says, get over here, which is something he says in the games. I do know that. Um, what a great iconic line to have! Well, it's like well, okay, so his come his thing is he has <laughs> no his punches thing, you in the face. He has like a he has like a rope or like some sort of thing in his arm that he can shoot out that has like a a blade in it, and then he can like pull you towards him. And so when he does that, he just says, "Get over here." I don't know. <laughs> that does not make it any cooler. That makes it less cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What a, I'm uh, sorry, sorry for any of you Mortal Kombat fans out there. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I don't know enough about. Just, I could be butchering this entirely too. Get over here. Um, but I okay. Gotta go fast. For, it, it's it's releasing simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max. And for a movie that I didn't really care about at all before this, I am now at least slightly intrigued. So I, <laughs> I think the trailer did its job. I'll give it a Broca. Hey, if it can be better than Hobbs and Shaw. Which is a low bar, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a broke. Huh? Why not? Yeah, it could be a good time. Yeah. Okay, that's it for trailers. Uh, we actually don't have any release dates or anything Thank this week. Goodness. So on to twenty twenty one. Actual twenty twenty one is officially better than twenty twenty right now <laughs> because we don't have any freaking release dates announced this week. Um. Okay. So first off. We got an update on a, a certain Star Wars trilogy directed by a certain <laughs> controversial director, uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy. So he apparently uh, rec- uh, was in an interview recently, and he said that the Star Wars trilogy he's making is still happening, but the lack of announcements and everything is mostly due to other projects he's completing right now. Maybe that includes your Knives Out 2 and whatever else. Two Knives Out. Um, two knives two one out. one <laughs> one knife stand <laughs> um, knife to meet yeah, you but sir so <laughs> two knife now two pronounce you man and knife knife cruise um, yeah. control <laughs> yeah but anyway so we are getting that ryan johnson star wars trilogy still so all you last jedi haters out there sorry did you see here is gonna star brie Light, brie larson I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you. I was like, I did not hear that. No. But, um, yeah. What do you think, Jimmy? I don't really care anymore. I I was happy when they first announced it, like four years ago. <laughs> uh, I don't. I just. I would love to see him make a movie that's universally beloved, but I don't even know if that's possible. Um, Knives Out is pretty universally beloved. Not by the same people who did not like The Last Jedi. Not by a, some a subsection of people. I I didn't love Night Lives Out. I thought Knives Out was good. I didn't love it though. Personally, fine. Um, but yeah, 
I'd, I'd love to see Ryan Johnson make a, a very good, well-received Star Wars movie. I'm going to give it to Brokaw because I think he deserves uh, his own his own shot without any uh, other plot that he has to work in. I just want someone to give me Star Wars Game of Thrones, okay? That's all I ask. <laughs> so Ryan Johnson, do that good. or you're, uh, you're fired. <laughs> it what are you, what are you, okay if you had to put the odds of this still happening realistically what do you I like I still see it as more likely not going to happen than happen uh I don't know I could see, I Lucasfilm mm, doesn't have I mean, any idea of what they're doing <laughs> still <laughs> so yeah I have no idea I'm gonna I'm I'm neutral on it I'm gonna stay out of it. Don't ask my opinion on it. I'm say, I'm gonna say it's still not likely to happen. But I'd, I'd like to I'm gonna see give it, it a brocot because I want it to happen. I'll give it a brocot too, old, and I'd be interested to see it. Uh, next up, we have uh, Ari Aster has been uh, talking about the newest film of his. It's apparently going to be called Disappointment Boulevard. And uh, the description is that it's an intimate decade spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. And we got a official cast or one one member of the cast. The main character will be played by Joaquin Phoenix. So interesting. I like the sound of this. Sounds very depressing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who's who's the entrepreneur? I don't know. Well, it, It doesn't say. Hmm. I don't know who it could be. I don't know. Walt Disney. <laughs> could you imagine walking Phoenix playing Walt Disney? Oh my gosh. I mean, okay, so I, I'm kind of excited for this. One, it's Ari Aster. And then two, it's uh, and it's him trying something new, which is cool. And and then Joaquin Phoenix in the lead role. I think this is exciting. Is it going to be A24? Or is that not? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, A24. I'll, I'll give it a Brokaw. Brokaw for me as well. We should say, I guess, uh, Ari next, Aster, for those of you who don't recognize the name, did Hereditary and Midsommar, those two horror A24 movies. Yes, yes. Uh, then next up, it has been announced that Mission Impossible 7 and 8 will no longer be filming back-to-back. Uh, and that's largely <laughs> due just largely, to... Largely because it's hard, cause <laughs> it's hard to have fight sequences when you're standing back-to-back with someone the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy who takes no it's uh, largely due to uh, Tom Cruise already has a commitment to uh, the Top Gun Maverick promotional tour <laughs> <laughs> so they're filming they're filming seven right now and he's not gonna have enough time to get going on eight before he has to start working on the Top Gun Maverick promotional tour which I think that comes out in July or something Oof. can't wait for that oof if I have to wait longer for Mission Impossible 8 because of Top Gun Maverick I'm gonna be I'm gonna be upset, Alden. <laughs> Apparently, they're gonna get back to filming it like right after he's done with that, though. All so right, that, maybe maybe it'll still be on track. That sucker better come out in 2022. That's all I gotta say. We better get seven in 2021. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, the, okay. And then this. Oh wait, I guess I should give that a a bombadil. Bombadil. Disappointment Street. Uh. Train to Busan, which neither of us have seen. I really need to watch it, though. Yeah, me too. Uh, but it is uh, getting an American remake. Those are uh, always better. Be rele- <laughs> yeah, those are always better. <laughs> it's going to be released by New Line Cinema. Uh, James Wan will be producing it. 
Uh, Gary Dauberman is going to be the writer on it. He's the writer for some of the Conjuring mo- uh, movies and It Chapter 2. And it's going to be directed by an... It- Oof. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be directed by an Indonesian filmmaker, and I'm not I'm not pronouncing it right. Timo Tiahanto. That's that's what I'm guessing, but that's definitely not right. Um, what Jimmy though? I was just saying some of the Conjuring movies. I'm like, well, that could be good or bad thing. And then you said, and it chapter two, and I went, well, probably that. Um, probably the latter. <laughs> um, hey, but you know, maybe constricted by the creative liberties of working within a a cinematic universe and a book adaptation. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, so isn't, isn't Busan a city in Korea? So like if it's an American remake, wouldn't it be like trained to, uh, Seattle? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) sure. Yeah. Uh, train. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah. Train to Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, this gets a B- B- Bergeron. I still haven't seen the original. Everyone seems to love it, though. Yeah. Uh, why? Uh, I guess is the question. I'll say Bergeron. To make money. Yeah. Well, there you go. Do you re- <laughs> It reminded me. Do you remember that their HBO's making a Parasite series? <laughs> HBO's making a Parasite series? Yeah. We talked about it on the podcast. This was like last. This was 20. Was it really last year? This was a while ago. What? I do not remember yeah. this. <laughs> I remember the Snowpiercer series getting made for TNT. No, HBO's making a Parasite series. What? <laughs> it's the same. It's not. It's just the different. It's the same story, but different. Like an American version? I guess. I think I saw something about Mark Ruffalo is attached to it. I don't we know. We did not talk about this. What are you? We did talk about you it. Have, 100%. You go listen to every episode and you pull up the segment <laughs> where we talk about this. Okay, there's some extra news for you, I guess, Jimmy. <laughs> That's like old hat, though. <laughs> I'll give this a burst round. Which one? Everything. Yeah, everything gets a burst round. All right. Bergeron Street. Um, have you. Have you heard of The Running Man, Jimmy? The Running Man. I've heard of it, but I I don't I couldn't name what it was. Okay, so The Running Man, it's a Stephen King book uh about people in the vol- in the future who volunteer for like a violent game show and get paid the longer they're alive. And it was adapted into an 80s movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um and I think they changed kind of the plot a little bit. But anyway, they're going to be making a new Running Man adaptation, and it's going to be directed and co-written by Edgar Wright. That's the whole reason I brought it up. Oh, <laughs> because it's Edgar Wright sounds good. But it's a Stephen, yeah, it's a Stephen King. Uh, it's not a horror one. It's more of a sci-fi type of movie, but uh, it will be. Yeah, it sounds like a Black Mirror kind of thing to me a little bit. Yeah, but Edgar it Wright does. attached. That sounds good, Holden. You got me excited. You got me out of Bergeron Street. I'm giving. I'm, I'm going over to. Brokaw Boulevard. <laughs> yes. 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 Brokaw for me as well, of course. Um, and then next up, uh, we have uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, just a slight update on that movie. Uh, so Sam Raimi, we known he's directing that movie. <laughs> I forgot um, about that. <laughs> but anyway, now it's been confirmed that Danny Elfman will be collaborating once more for the score Ooh. of that movie. 
Boom, 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 Broke up. I always think of that Family Guy bit. It's like it's the Star Wars thing, and then John Williams gets like killed or something. They're like, oh no, now we're stuck with Danny Elfman. They killed John Williams. That is that is pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'll give it a broke out. Danny Elfman. He's made some good yeah. scores in his day. He made he worked with Sam Raimi on Spider Man. That was a good score. Is he old? He's got to be pretty old. Probably. <laughs> I don't know much about Danny Elfman. <laughs> I can, will not confirm. <laughs> All right. He's he he's a uh, Jack singing voice in Nightmare Before Christmas. He is. Yeah. A movie I have not seen in its entirety. Really? No. <laughs> no i have not i i just haven't sat down and watched it i'm sorry okay well that's it for me for news this week do you have anything oh. is there anything in the world of gaming that i didn't are you sh- write down are you sure there's nothing in in the last three years that i have not heard about yet <laughs> i swear we had talked there's about that parasite no way. series I, like there's no way i did not bring it up i have no recollection <laughs> Um, also news just from the last year has just gone into an abyss in my memory <laughs> that I don't remember. Yeah, that Sam Raimi announcement probably about. happened this last year and then you just forgot about it. Well, yeah, because when was the last time we talked about the casting or the whatever multiverse of madness? It's been dominated by Spider-Man. Probably. Yeah, that's true. Um, no, we're, we're good. This has been long enough. That's been fine. So, <laughs> Let's let's talk about some WandaVision, eh? Yeah, WandaVision. All right, let's just okay, let's just so give a spoiler warning uh, cuz I don't want to worry warning. about We've got seven episodes out. We I want to kind of isolate the first six first and then we can talk about the seventh. Um but yeah, uh, so WandaVision, for context, if you're surprised that we have like just a random WandaVision episode here, it's because uh, we I had been watching it weekly, but Jimmy just started watching it last week. Um, and then he's like, hey, should we just start doing WandaVision in our episodes? Well, I, like, I don't think yeah, I, okay. I didn't anticipate it to be as popular as it was. Like I oh, thought yeah. like it was going to have a following, but I don't think people anticipated it to be as good as it is. Yeah. Or, or as like people as hooked into it and it seems as just as big as the Mandalorian online and stuff. That's yeah, that I've kind of noticed that too. And I, um, and I would, so ar- Wanda- I would argue that it's consistently better. I would say the yeah. <laughs> across the board, it's better, but I don't think, I think the Mandalorian's peaks have been higher so far thus far. Yeah. I, okay. I can agree with that. That's fair. Uh, so WandaVision um i mean we're in spoilers but i guess just uh no hold it you don't have to recap things when we don't have to recap no we don't have to recap when we're in spoilers it's been 89 (laughs) episodes (laughs) you do not have to recap it when we do a spoiler review okay it'll happen every time jimmy it'll happen every time i'm just gonna get a shocker Um, and i'm just gonna shock you every time you start uh yeah okay so opinions on the first six episodes um i i overall yeah i agree it's been really pretty good 
Um, the first couple, uh, I think some people didn't really like it at first. And, like, critics... It, well, okay, if you look at Metacritic, the score is probably not reflective of what the series is right now because a lot of people will, like, review the first three episodes or whatever. And the first three episodes aren't the most eventful um, in this show. No, I, I it's As, like Harry Potter, where once you get four, <laughs> everything starts to turn. <laughs> Things starts to hit the uh, fan. Three's the best one, Jimmy. Okay, J.K. <laughs> Rowling and everybody on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the first so um, the first episode deals with kind of a sitcom from the fifties, I guess is what it's supposed to be, um, and I really quite liked that one a lot. They liter- they did film it in front of a live studio audience, so you get a lot of like reactions from the crowd and everything. A lot of the effects are very like if you have like Wanda levitating something, you can tell it's kind of floated by string or something, and it's just kind of very silly and authentic in that regard um yeah yeah i mean it it felt like a show from the 50s like they've captured the eras very well um yeah i think if i i it's like i enjoyed them i didn't like love them if the whole show was just that like every week i would not be interested if there mm-hmm. wasn't this overarching thing or this slow crescendo of things getting real, um, I think definitely after ep- starting with episode four, I was much more invested. Yeah, yeah, and I think like the comedy surprisingly works pretty. Like, I mean, it's not like a hundred; it's not batting a hundred or anything. But <laughs> batting a like, hundred is terrible. <laughs> but batting no, a thousand, well, I don't know. It's not batting there a thousand. <laughs> whatever the saying is i don't watch sports uh it's not batting a thousand or anything but like it a a lot of the humor does work um i particularly like the second episode where we get kind of like a drunk vision i thought that was pretty funny yeah that was yeah with the gum i had kind of forgotten about that um yeah yeah and just the whole the whole mystery of it's really interesting i don't know if i'd ever rewatch this just because it is Mm -hmm. kind of the mystery of it and the intrigue um that you're like what like this is just so weird and i think the main credit goes to it's something this show is something in a genre where you've had what 23 movies 22 at least 20, i mean 23 in the mcu or 20 i think it's maybe even more than that but i don't i don't know exactly because wasn't endgame like 21 or 22 some we've had like 23 come out or whatever mm-hmm. and this one feels original and unique and to be 23 movies in or however many it's been that's incredible yeah it's 23 movies far from home was the 23rd yeah so that i just like for them to be doing something unique and different and something we haven't seen before with two characters i do not care about (laughs) (laughs) uh that's pretty remarkable because if you would have told me a year ago that, hey, WandaVision's going to come out and you're going to be invested in it and want to watch it every week, <laughs> I'll be like, what are you talking about? Who's Wanda again? WandaVision? That's a <laughs> dumb name. <laughs> so congratulations, Marvel. You've done it again. You did it first with Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm like, that sounds so stupid. Marvel's ruining <laughs> movies. And they came out and it's like one of the best superhero movies and it's like oh geez yeah. <laughs> they keep they keep doing it 
and I, you know, I think credit has to go to like, especially Elizabeth Olsen. Her performance in this is really pretty good. Like the way she adapts to the different eras and everything. Like I think she's, like it's a great lead performance. Yeah. And Paul Bettany is as Vision is doing pretty good too, especially as later on as he's like becoming more wary about everything that's happening. Yeah. I yeah. I think all the performances are are good and um, I. I definitely like the other the characters they're introducing or are bringing back or whatever. I you know I don't I haven't seen all of them, um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah I I've, I've enjoyed it, Holden. Although I I, th- yeah. I, <laughs> I guess before we get into episode seven, I think episode seven was maybe the worst episode so far. I, mean, I don't know what other people have been saying, but I was the uh, least yeah. interested in this most recent one. Yeah, I don't. I think maybe I liked six less than that one. I don't know. Um, I do six. I, I like the Malcolm in the Middle parody they got going on in six. I thought that was pretty funny. It was. It made me pretty nostalgic for Malcolm in the Middle. Um, I do want to mention um, Evan Peters as Quicksilver because that was like a really big thing when that happened. Um, and so for those of you who are just like watching this and aren't like super, like haven't seen the X-Men movies or anything, um, Evan Peters played Quicksilver in the X-Men films. So I th- he's in Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix, which we did see. <laughs> I don't remember anything about Dark Phoenix. Um, but anyway, he's in those movies, and uh, he was played by Aaron Taylor Johnson in the MCU and Age of Ultron. And so in, in the end of episode five, I think it is, uh, they bring Evan Peters as Quicksilver into this universe and still not entirely sure if it's like the one from the other universe or if it's just like a tongue in cheek reference or something. But it's regardless, it kind of made the Internet go like like head explode. It was kind of cool. Yes. And as someone who doesn't know anything about the X-Men, I'm <laughs> glad I had it spoiled for me beforehand. Otherwise, I would have been like, who the heck is that? <laughs> and as someone who has not seen Age of Ultron since it was in theaters, I would have been, who the heck is that? Who's Quicksilver? <laughs> oh, she has a brother. I f- totally forgot uh, Wanda's backstory. Um, so yeah. watching other videos online and stuff, on, and stuff has helped me uh, re- recall yeah. a lot of this information. Because like I said, I did not care about uh, the Scarlet Witch, which apparently she hasn't been called in the MCU. Yeah, hasn't been called her that called that. The odds she's called that by the end of the series. What are you, some sort of Scarlet Witch? <laughs> oh look, yeah. Agnes is or Agatha is a blue witch and she's a red witch. Oh, I think it's more of a Scarlet Witch. <laughs> and even though I'm a defender of the MCU and like a lot of its faults, I'm kinda with you where I didn't really care about Wanda and Vision and even their relationship, like I cared even less about that because that was kind of rushed a little bit when they first did it. I think they they started kind of becoming a thing in Captain America Civil War and then it was expanded on in Infinity War a little bit. But I think they're doing a really good job of making me care about them together, especially like Wanda just like clearly going through a lot of crap at literally having to watch Vision die twice. Yeah, I'd for it's really I'd c- forgotten about that. I had also forgotten how Vision was like Jarvis and all that and boy that that kind of phase one or phase two Marvel stuff has really just left my long-term memory. (laughs) It's just so old. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, uh, and then I feel like it was, I mean, if you do any research at all, I think it was pretty obvious that Agnes was Agatha Hart. Hard, oh, okay. Hard. Well, we're doing episode seven now, I guess. Oh, that's in episode seven. Yep. Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter, Holden. If they, I said spoilers, yeah. so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Episode seven. Uh, the yeah. Force Awakens. Agnes is. It was all just another Death Star, Holden. Not an original idea in the whole movie. Oh, wait. Agatha, yeah. So Agatha Harkness. Yeah. It's kind of like just a very terrible, kept, terribly kept secret. For the, like, it's just kind of if yeah, if you did look up anything about it, you would now guess look, that it's uh, Agnes. The vast Agatha majority Harkness. of people watching this probably were like, "Who's Agatha Harkness?" Because they weren't watching yeah. the online theories. But the, for the people watching the online theory stuff, it's like, oh well, yeah, well, yeah, we figured it out. It's got to be this. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. And she's got like the um, naughty pants on in the sixth episode, and she's like, she finds a dog dead and all that. And, she dresses up literally like a witch. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, yeah, I, um, I'm, I mean, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, so you can only, you only believe me if you want to, I guess. But I, when they like first announced the cast for this, like Catherine Hahn as Agnes was like the only other named character aside from Vision and Wanda, and so I just assumed she was gonna be the villain because I'm like, well, why would you cast her and give her character a name if she wasn't gonna be like the villain of the series? So I've get, even before the series happened, I just kind of assumed she was going to be. Wow, Holden, you are but so intelligent. I didn't. Well, I didn't know it was Agatha Harkness until the the series started. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I felt I, I felt like this episode was just kind of uh, made to to show that uh, or to make that. Um, I don't know. To reveal. That's the word I was looking for. To do, to do mm-hmm. that reveal. I felt like this whole episode was just <laughs> leading to that reveal. It was. And I I agree. It's pro- it is probably the worst episode. Although once the reveal happens, I love that montage thing. I I really liked that. Yeah. I I I know. Uh, with I was like, "Yep, and she's I, the she's the witch lady." Yeah, and it indicates that it's still not going to be taking itself too seriously because with that little thing, then at the end she's like, "And I killed Sparky too." <laughs> <laughs> I, that kind of that got a laugh out of me, even though I wasn't happy that a dog died, but it just seemed very silly. Um, it's yeah, and it was a fictional yeah. dog, so it's okay, not a real dog. Yeah, I'm still sad when dogs die. I know, I, I cried. John Wick I cried during Marley and Me. Okay, yeah. Togo. <laughs> I cried during that. Yeah. Um. So the the question is though, why the why the why has not been answered? Do you think we'll get the answer to the why, Holden, in episode eight? I assume. So. Yeah, probably. I mean, I I figure eight will be. We learn more about Agatha Harkness. We learn what the heck is going on with Monica. We learn maybe more about Pietro and everything, and it'll be. I don't know if it'll go into the climax at all but if nothing else it'll definitely be building up to episode nine which i assume will be some sort of climactic thing bringing back palpatine um yeah (laughs) are these episodes gonna be longer just the same i mean it feels like they should be longer but i don't don't know i guess they'll probably be the same yeah i would assume they're gonna be longer i don't know um monica is Uh, she apparently has some sort of powers now it's pretty evident and her power she in the comics i looked it up she is kind of like 
I think she takes the mantle of Captain Marvel. I mean, obviously she's not going to do that in this series or in this MCU because Captain Marvel's still pretty new, but I, so I don't know like how her powers will differ from Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel has really boring powers and I don't want it to be, <laughs> I don't want it to be the same thing. She can see sound, it looks like, or something like that. When she first comes in, she's like seeing some sort of sound waves or something. I just don't like the all powerful superheroes. They're just yeah. not exciting to me. Like Superman yeah. is boring, a boring character to me, in my opinion. Just give her like something in like don't make her just Captain Marvel. Give her something interesting. I just don't yeah, I don't like it when one of the superheroes is just so much more powerful than all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um Superman. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> Did you see the mid? I did scene? not. I didn't know it existed until like five minutes before the podcast. So oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it's really not much of anything. Um, it's just Monica is she's going over to kind of investigate. Um, at like a it looks kind of like a wine cellar entrance to the basement of Agatha's house, and uh, then Pietro comes up behind her, and then it kind of cuts to black, and it makes you think that Pietro is gonna maybe like hurt her or something but i wouldn't be surprised if she if he's just going to be like hey yeah something's bad here (laughs) let me help uh yeah so i'm excited to see what happens next holden any other thoughts um oh i did i do want to mention i i did like the modern family framing of this episode you did i i did yeah i did i thought it was I didn't really like it. I mean, I saw what they're doing, and I was like, oh. yeah, they captured the essence, the essence of this very well, but I just didn't. I didn't find it that amusing. Oh, I guess I did. Well, I guess you just like Modern oh. Family. I don't you like and your modern shallow <laughs> taste. I've never really watched it, so I can't judge. No, I mean, I I had been saying I'm like, wow, it would be so cool if they did like an office kind of thing, and this is as close as we were gonna get. I didn't actually think we were gonna get an office, but it would have been it was still it would kinda... been way better if it was the office. <laughs> yeah, just have like Vision stare at the do the gym stare at the camera. <laughs> they sh- that would have been so. I the part of the this episode I didn't like was the whole Vision storyline. I thought it was not exciting. I mean, it was just like yeah. he couldn't get back. Um, but he can just fly. Like, what is it? That's what I was wondering the, the whole start? time. And then he finally goes. I'm like, why are you not just flying back? I mean, I <laughs> guess he's trying to hide his identity still. Maybe I don't know. That was very frustrating for me. Yeah. Um. But what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I just it would have been because he works for that computer company the whole time. You could have easily done some sort of office thing. And that's true. That would have been good. And I mean, <laughs> and um. Agent Wu is is Asian Jim from the yeah. office. <laughs> Paul Bettany would have been would, so good in that role too. Yeah, um, that would have been good. But I get it. I mean, for the storyline, it makes sense that he's questioning and determining the boundaries and stuff. And have you? I've seen that the question's been floated around that who's actually keeping him from getting back to Wanda? Is it Wanda herself, or That's probably is it Agnes, Agatha. Agatha? Agatha. I. Also, the other thing I want to... We didn't mention it at all. I do not care about the villain, like, government guy. Oh, Haywood or Hayward or... Yeah. Yeah, he he seems just so generic. Generic. Yeah. Generic military government bad guy. 
he's just bad for the sake of being bad. Because, like, when you first meet him, he's like, yeah, okay, this guy seems nice enough. And then just 180 is just a jerk. Good thing you were disappeared when your mom died. I'm going to spit on your face. Ew, that's gross. Yeah, I really hope that I, I hope that Agatha is much more the, the 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 final confrontation as opposed to Hayward. I bet she will be. But yeah, I hope I, I hope Agatha just <laughs> just knocks off, just kills Hayward. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's a lot more interesting. But uh, yeah, that's all I gotta say, Holden. Yeah, I think that's it. We'll do uh, episodes eight and nine over the next couple of weeks as they come Stay out. Stay tuned, Holden. On to Nomadland. Holden, this is our non-spoiler review of Nomadland. Before we jump into it, little things you should know. Okay, first off, the official synopsis—just one sentence, very brief—is that this is the story of a woman who embarks on a journey through the American West after losing everything during the recession of 2008. It's that nice. simple, Holden. Um, yeah. And the other thing you should know is that this movie has a lot, a lot of award season buzz. Some people think this is mm-hmm. the front runner for uh, you know, best actress, best director, best picture. Hold on. Do you think that this movie is deserving? Um, I mean, I there's other movies last year I liked more. I do think this is a good movie, and I wouldn't be disappointed if it won. But I think there are other movies I'd rather see win, such as. Uh, thanks for putting me on the spot. Promising young woman. I mean, I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, Promising Young Woman, if that somehow got nominated, I'd like that. I mean, Judas and the Black Messiah was technically released in that in the award season window, so I'd rather probably see that one. Um, I don't know beyond that. Malcolm and Marie. Probably not Mank. <laughs> Malcolm <What>? and Marie. <laughs> Malcolm, no. <laughs> um, yeah, but so, I mean, there are other movies I've liked more this year, uh, but I, I think this is a very solid movie. I... Yeah, I it's it's not like fantastic in my eyes. I I appreciate a lot of what it does, but it didn't necessarily all click with me, I guess. Hold it. I loved this movie. I I was go okay. straight up front. This is a 10 for me. I thought this movie really? was so good. I was like okay. and I kind of came into the movie kind of like just like with a negative attitude for whatever reason. I was just like I think I'm just so jaded from like not liking the end of Game of Thrones and kind of being disappointed with The Last of Us Part 2 and Star Wars Episode 9 was bad and I'm like everything that I look forward to in life is just disappointed me lately in this entertainment <laughs> and here comes this movie Nomadland oh it's supposed to be the best movie of last year everybody loves it I'm like okay fine whatever I can't wait to just not like this movie either <laughs> and then I just was like from the get go I just I, it's not like you said, there's nothing like that jumps out kind of spectacularly about it, but it just, I think it all works so well. Um, and that it's just the right amount of what I think it just pulled just so finely phone, uh, finely tunes everything like from the, the cinematography to the performances, to the storyline, the themes, motifs, music, 
I think everything, the pacing, I just thought it was all played out absolutely perfectly. And it really surprised me how much I was into this movie. I mean, it was like emotional. It was, I was just like giggling at times. Um, mm. I think it, it really landed for me emotionally and in a way that I was very surprised by it. So I, I definitely think this movie was my like easily the best movie I saw from last year, 2020. Okay. Um, so that, that I was like, Deborah Chow, where Deborah Chow, where have you been? <laughs> my entire you mean Chloe Chow. Or, yeah. Deborah Chow is the other one. Chloe, Chloe Chow. Deborah Chow does the Mandalorian, right? Yes. Okay. Chloe Chow. I think. Yes. Oh, wait. Deborah Chow. Yeah. Mandalorian, right? Chloe Chow. <laughs> yes. Yes. This. Where Chloe, I, and cl- get excited, Jimmy, because she's doing directing the Eternals. Eternals, right? And I was like, well, that's got to be moving up on my list now for anticipated <laughs> movies of the year. Um. So, yes, apparently. She, so this movie, The Rider uh, that she did, uh, apparently that is very good. I had heard of it before because I saw that it was like the best movies from each state. And I was like, oh, what's South Dakota's? This was like a right kind of when we were started the podcast. When I saw this list and it said The Writer 2017, I'm like, what the heck is this movie? It's got like a 94 or whatever on Metacritic and same director. So I, I need to check this out. And it's like huh. free on Pluto TV or something too on demand. So hmm. I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, excellent. Excellent. I'm very excited to see what Chloe Tsao does in the future, especially with going into the MCU. Let's see it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, cinematography is just gorgeous in this. It's, it is a beautiful looking movie. This might be, and I, I, I hesitate to say this cause I'm trying to think of something uh, of something else. It might be the best shot movie from last year. In my opinion, it helps a lot that there's that the landscapes are beautiful, and that really helps a lot. But it's it is very gorgeous to look at. Um, and we haven't even brought up her name yet, but Frances McDormand is. I yeah. think this is her best role, uh, personally. Uh, that I best. I probably like her more in Three Billboards, but I do like her a lot. She's less. fantastic in in those in yeah. that too, and in Fargo, of course. But I yeah, I just. I don't know this story I just I was just hooked at every time and like the I was just totally invested in all the emotions and and all this stuff I mean it like so for those of for if you haven't seen the movie this is our non-spoiler review but there's a lot of just like it's kind of just about like being you know how do you live your life Mm -hmm. like when you're older, where do your values lie? Yeah. Where are your values? What is, what, what, what does it mean to have a home? Like what is a home? What should define a home? Is, should that be the same thing for everybody? And it's in this story follows a bunch of like old people. I mean, not like super old, but like everybody older than 50 pretty much. And I think it's important. I, I think this is a good thing to know going in because it. I think it enhanced my viewing experience. If you know that, like, almost everyone in this movie is not an actor. Which I did not know. Like, yeah. I And I mean, you know, I guess it, w- it would work either way. But to me, I think it made me appreciate the, the uh, nomads or the other people themselves even more. Because I was like, these guys are like... It, <laughs> 
I was I was like initially I was comparing it to like a, like a Borat or something just because you know Francis McDormand is this character who's going in and talking to these real life people and and sharing these experiences. But I mean that's really the only place where the simila- similarities lie. Um, but it's just like. I, I don't know how much of it is scripted. I don't know how much of it is unscripted, but regardless, like these other people, like it, I assume most of their life stories are like genuine and everything. Yeah, that's um, I, I was. Uh, I'm glad you said that because it dealt it felt very genuine, it felt so real. Mm-hmm. And, and these yeah. these stories that I really hadn't heard before this this lifestyle of being a nomad where you basically kind of travel or you don't really a nomad is a person who doesn't stay put you don't really have an established home you move around place to place to place and just these people mm-hmm. who embrace this lifestyle and see it as like kind of the ideal way to live and um i didn't look up is bob wells an actual like youtube nomad yeah he is uh, yeah he, act- he even has a full wikipedia page um but yeah i and i, I the great up. thing is like every other side character in this movie is an actual nomad. Um, and they are yeah. fantastic. Those performances were incredible. Uh, Linda May especially was incredible and Swanky was oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you have some really emotional scenes with these people or, or it's just lighthearted scenes. And um, it didn't hurt that it, a lot of it took place, you know, in South Dakota and Nebraska, the Great Plains where we're from, and seeing mm-hmm. wall, Arizona wall drug, <laughs> <laughs> which and I still have never been. That they they made wall drug look a lot cooler than I think I've had it described to me. I've never been there, so I think that's what it looks like. I mean, so. oh, okay. I, maybe I maybe my expectations for Waldrug were so low. I was maybe I was just expecting like a shack or something. I've I only I ate a meal there once passing through, maybe back from a baseball tournament in okay. uh, in West River, South Dakota. But it was, and I'm like, did I eat at that table? Like, because like the cups and the tables look really familiar, and the all you know the mm-hmm. food, and it was just like, oh my gosh, freaking Waldrug. <laughs> <laughs> um and and the badlands of course and i um the dave another guy another nomad has a great performance um mm-hmm. yeah i just and that they're not actors it was it blew my mind when i was looking at like when i was watching the credits it was just like swanky as herself linda may as herself i'm like wait what um so. Yeah, I mean, I assume really the only I assume like the only fully scripted parts are when she goes. I mean, I guess spoiler. Never mind. I'll talk about it later. But there's like one, there's like one scene where I I think everyone there is probably fully cast, but everyone else every other time I'm like, yeah, this is just it's probably Francis McDormand improving a lot, honestly. Yeah, and I honestly I don't think it even matters because it feels true regardless. No. Like it just yeah. It was incredible. I thought it was just really emotionally stirring and very much worth a watch. And I would really, I'm, I'm hoping that it wins its Oscars. I think it deserves uh, I'd love to see Chloe Tsao win, um, especially having not been nominated for anything before. Yeah. Um, what else? Non-spoilers. Uh, the soundtrack was great. Yes. The music um, was fantastic. Yeah. Um, my my gripes, the reason why it's it's I'm holding back on it a bit. I personally did not love the pacing. I I understood it was fully methodical, it was very slow. 
I it felt really slow to me. I was like, it felt like it, and I don't know what. Maybe I was in the wrong mindset or something. But to me, I was like, I think I had to get up to like go use the, the bathroom or something. I don't know. But like thirty five minutes in, I paused the movie and I was like, it feels like I've been here an hour. Oh, I thought it was. I wanted more. Like I, the movie ended. I was like, I want to see more of this. Um, so I did not feel the pacing at all in a bad um, way. And then the other thing, I and I, I think you'll really disagree with me on this. I f- feel like this would almost benefit from being, I, and I think this is partially due to my pacing issues. I would almost rather see this as like a documentary or a short film. I think it could be either of those. I I, I could yeah. see those. I don't necessarily disagree I, with that. Like you could easily go out and make a documentary that's fantastic about these very same people, and mm-hmm. I would watch it, and it would be also impactful. Um, so yeah. I, I won't discredit that opinion at all. Um, yeah, I just the reason the reasoning, especially for the short film, I felt, and I think towards the end it, it does something a little bit different. I felt like thematically it kind of said a lot of what it wanted to say in the first thirty minutes, and then it's like. After that, it's, you know, just kind of going, doing things and whatever. I feel like it just... And while I I enjoyed the rest of the movie after that, I felt like it didn't really have a whole lot new to say after that. I don't know. I can see that. That's just my opinion. I think you're you're kind of going on this journey along with Fern, Francis McDormand's character. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, yeah. I I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but it, it kind of says the same thing in in new ways or kind of takes you through the emotions of what it actually feels to like this, what this means and then how this feels to, to experience this through this character. Yeah. And I I agree. And I think think it it effectively conveys those themes through that. And I think it deserves credit for that. Um, So Holden, you're just wrong. This movie's a 10 and uh, (laughs) Uh, I'll give this movie an eight. Wow. I didn't like it as much as Judas and the Black Messiah, so I got to stick with my guns. <laughs> uh, I I think both of those movies were very good. I mean, yeah. I gave Judas and the Black Messiah a nine. So, uh, yeah. although I would, I'm rooting for Nomadland, Holden. That's fair. I mean, I'm not going to be upset if it wins. I I think it's deserving in, in a lot of ways. So, I think it's just different too. I feel like we. Mm-hmm. Judas and the Black Messiah is not necessarily like a different biopic sort of. It's different, but yet I feel like it's still something the Academy will eat up. So I think it has a really good shot at winning. Nomadland? Yeah, Nomadland. Yes, I do too. And it's got a lot of the buzz behind it. Um, So, yeah, on to spoilers, Holden. Yes. Okay, so spoilers for Nomadland. Um, I was just so movie's... I was just so sad when <laughs> when they were at Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> it like, I mean, I assume they got permission to film in there, and technically they don't outright say anything bad about Amazon, but it definitely the movie def in context definitely makes it very depressing. <laughs> like. Like they're ha- they like show them they're like happily working there and they're like it pays well and and they're like yeah. talking about safety and like the workers have a positive attitude and stuff and then you're just like oh 
And then I then the realization that that, that is coming to Sioux Falls, our, literally our community, that giant building, um, yeah. warehouse. Interesting. I mean, just like, I mean, this you is know, the okay. reality of our world right now. This is off topic, but I mean, I I guess before this movie, I hadn't seen too many of the Amazon packing plants before, but it reminded me so much of that of that workplace from Sorry to Bother You. <laughs> oh yeah they're worry free or whatever it's called in that movie and then it made me even more sad when i thought about that <laughs> we're all gonna be horse people or whatever that forget how that that movie goes in a direction i don't recall it was a good movie <laughs> um, it was a good movie then and then the whole like when she's at the hardware store or whatever and the family comes up and they're like oh i heard you're homeless or whatever you need a place to stay and just like these people who don't realize their ignorance like they're totally well intended mm-hmm. but they're just <laughs> like, yeah and i mean since we since up to that point we had been i mean we are pretty much the whole movie with with fern and so we we understand the context of how that is just kind of offensive to her even though they mean it well yeah um and just yeah repeatedly like her sister too just like how she doesn't really get it Mm-hmm. but she still supports her in that way and um and then just like i just loved all the little human moments along the way of just the the nomad yeah. sitting around the fire just looking at each other's stuff and all these like kind just of to- mundane things that i thought were very interesting and a unique part of this subculture yeah. swapping items and swapping stories sitting around the fire it- talking about it really like it's not like yeah (laughs) it's not a movie that's telling you to like be a nomad because that's a better way of life but it definitely does make it look like hey that's not that's kind of (laughs) cool um like being a nomad that wouldn't be too bad no the it presents it as a you know an alternative it's just like here's another thing that exists and this is why people do this i mean it's not all great because i mean look you have to work at wall drug and you have to what is it? The potatoes or what? It, whatever they're picking up, and like that's not, that doesn't look fun, and all this Mm-mm. being a park ranger or camp, whatever camp leader, whatever it is. Um, well, and I at the Badlands, all that. Even um, since all of these people are real and having like real conversations, it almost feels like a pseudo documentary in a way, and because of that it feels also like very informative like i mean we are presented with this alternative that maybe some people are aware of but we're also giving given a lot more information like these are these people aren't just homeless <laughs> they're, they're they're choosing this lifestyle yeah and you know uh fern really decking out her van and i thought it was really impactful with the the relationship she has with swanky mm-hmm Oh yeah, Swanky was great. Um, and Linda May, I just thought Linda May was delightful. I just wanted to sit oh, down yeah. and chat with Linda May. Um, yeah, and I, I think the conversations, the stories they told, I think that that was my favorite part. Anytime they were just like one of the nomads was telling their life story, Bob's one at the end was fantastic. I think that was a great one to end on. Yes. That was probably my favorite one. Um, and the metaphor that he presents there is awesome. Um, but yeah, I think those, those were just my favorite parts, the interactions, the, the talking interactions. 
and while I think the, the the interesting thing is you have this whole kind of idea of home and this 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 theme or this motif of home, and then you also have this grief and moving on. Uh, that Fern, she's just she has her plates, and it, that <laughs> moment where Dave take goes to take the plates and they break, and you just like oh, it's just like you just feel it. Um, yeah, that was that moment was <laughs> that, <laughs> I felt so bad. Um, and her and she visiting Dave's relatives in the house, and just like feeling alien. Like he, I, I mm-hmm. thought that was really well portrayed. How you like you, you kind of felt as an audience like you, you don't belong here. You no. don't belong. Like they're welcoming you here and they want you here, but you don't. You don't want to be here, and this is not where you belong. And you're not over your husband yet. You're not ready to completely move on and and just forget. Um. So, and I, I also like as soon as they said, "Oh, this is what our home looked like," and we looked out, and I'm like, "Well, we have to see that now. I, I just need to see that that visual." Yeah. Um, and she goes back to Empire, Nevada, to visit. I thought that was really cool. How it was just abandoned and. I would guess it's a real place, right? It's real, I would yeah. imagine. I think so. And on a personal note, I did love every there's a couple of times where they just visited abandoned places and I just love <laughs> abandoned places and I was like I want to look inside there so bad. I I haven't seen the wall drug dinosaur. I want to see that thing. Yeah, that pretty was tall. big. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just this movie just resonated for me to for me on so many levels just the, the humanity mm-hmm. of it the authenticity of it the it's kind of unique like you said pseudo documentary nature how genuine it all felt and complemented by an amazing performance i would be stunned if francis mcdormand did not win best actress yeah i mean wh- who is she up against like i'm trying to think of what her competition would even be um Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Well, who's in, who's the lead in Promising Young Woman? Oh, oh yeah, uh, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, she'll she should be nominated. Um, and and the cinematography and the score. I think the direction and everything. So, uh, I think this movie will win Best Actress at the very least. Um, yeah. If not director and um adapt i guess adapted screenplay because it's based on a book yeah it's based on a book adapted screenplay i was reading a bit about it and like i I don't i don't think most of the nomads are in the book the same nomads but bob is bob wells they mentioned him in the book um but yeah holden anything else left to say any noticeable nebraskan places i didn't notice any really i mean if when she was in Nebraska, it was mostly just out west. I do not know western Nebraska very well, so I I apologize. I mean, she was probably in the Sand Hills at some point. <laughs> but even I I don't think I've ever even been to the Sand Hills, so wow. Can't say. All right, Holden. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, what have I been doing, Jimmy? I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Well, hold on. I can start prob- off then. I'm buttoning in. <laughs> yeah, do it. 
because uh, I forgot to mention it last week, somehow uh, I watched Mulan seven times. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> I watched because um, we watched it in my class because we were finishing up our ancient China unit, and the original animated Mulan does a very nice job at conveying gender roles within a Confucian society. So we we watched it, looked at the lyrics of the songs, discussed it, a- analyzed it, talked about it. And then, yeah, that movie is a good movie, man. I've really come to appreciate that movie, especially the climax. It's got such a great climax. The animation is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The score is fantastic. Not only are the songs amazing, but the orchestral pieces are great. Um, yeah. So I, I've really come to really enjoy that movie. There's a couple lines that did not age well that I had to skip over. Um, but I did that <laughs> subtly, so nobody noticed. Um but uh yeah mulan it's a really good movie and i watched it seven times it was still incredible incredible uh otherwise did you have i uh i uh watched a documentary recommended by my mom uh on netflix it's the crime scene the vanishing at the cecil hotel in los angeles that was interesting not good things about that (laughs) it was interesting okay um I mean, I I didn't look into it more than what was, what was on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's a must watch, but it was entertaining enough. I think uh, the enough, first yeah. couple episodes are more interesting than the. There's only four episodes. The first two are more interesting than the last two, in my okay. opinion. But um, so I watched that just as something to watch on the elliptical. I I had to have watched or done something else. But I am blanking. Oh, I watched a. I watched. So, Holden, you like a band of things. You like the YouTube channel Defunct Land, right? Yes, yes. They had. I stumbled on this and absolutely fascinating. Uh, have you seen the one about. It's from like four months ago. It's uh, Walt Disney's original plans for Epcot. I'm not sure if I've seen that one. It is fascinating. Uh, I highly recommend very highly okay. recommend because he literally wanted to build the future city and it <laughs> and he and he would have or he was like destined to do like this was his goal in life like his life was leading up towards this moment to build epcot uh uh experimental prototype city of tomorrow epcot that's where the name comes okay. from and it is insane it is like from a sci-fi fantasy thing and just the ideas behind it are wild um that's cool and he's like you just like like it's so it's so ambitious and walt was so determined to get it done that he's literally like drawing designs on napkins like on his deathbed and determined (sighs) to get healthier again um so yeah i absolutely definitely worth a watch uh defunct land uh, walt disney's plans for epcot or whatever that was that was really good so i i think that's all i got i'll be thinking while you talk Holden. okay um i just watched it was just removed off of netflix so i was making sure to watch it i watched the breadwinner uh animated movie from a few years ago it was nominated for best animated feature and (laughs) after watch i think i think maybe it came out the year coco won that seems right but like watching it and you know in context with coco too i'm just like that's the same year that the boss baby was nominated 
<laughs> Which I still cannot believe. But anyway, breadwinner. Hey, it's a movie it's, that neither of us have seen, Holman. So therefore, we shouldn't okay, judge it. Fair enough. You and all these Could movies that you always judge without seeing them. I'm. Ju- I will judge the boss baby. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is uh, by Cartoon Saloon, who just came out with the movie The Wolf Walkers. Oh, recently, I want to watch that. Is that on? Is very good. Is that on? Uh, it's on Apple TV. Apple Plus. TV. That's why I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, they, they've come out with, like, several movies, um, all with very distinct styles. I think one was called Song of the Sea. They came out with Secret of Kells way back when. But they're all, like, 2D animated, very lovingly crafted. They all have similar but different styles. It's really cool. But this one, anyway, getting ahead of myself. Breadwinner is uh, it's basically about, I think it's modern-day um, Middle East. And it's like the Taliban are kind of like a big presence and everything. And it's this big issue. And it's basically about this little girl who, in a kind of Mulan way, she she disguises as a boy in order to be able to provide for her family uh, after her her dad is captured. Um, And it's just very, it's kind of, the, the premise makes it sound like it's going to be sad. And it definitely isn't like, a happy cheery movie but it's also not like a very sad movie i was really worried it was going to take like a grave of the fireflies approach for a long part of the movie but it doesn't do that um it's very cool very beautiful very interesting story very unique setting that i'm i'm not entirely familiar with and it was just a very uh cool idea i highly recommend it though if, if you ever see it anywhere else it's not on netflix anymore unfortunately um and then I watched the second uh, Small Axe movie on um, Amazon Prime. I had watched Mangrove a couple weeks ago. This one was Lover's Rock, which those are the two that everyone really liked. A lot of top ten lists of the year. And Lover's Rock, it's pretty great. It's, I mean, best described as just being a vibe, really. It's because it's it has a very minimal plot, and it's really just about the experience of, like, these certain uh, i think they're called blues parties that used to happen in uh like uh, black neighborhoods in yeah Great I, used, Britain. I heard about this one yeah on the, it was yeah. on the top and, 10 movie list yeah and it's i mean the story itself is it's fine and you gotta you got some characters that are pretty endearing but it's i mean a lot of the movie is just dancing and like interesting music and it's just it's quite an experience i honestly it's pretty good i recommend it um, then the other main movie I watched this week was on Valentine's Day. I watched Across the Universe, which is a musical from like 2006, uh, that is entirely made out of Beatles music hmm. and it's like set in the sixties and it's kind of just all about what the sixties were about. There's like so many different, like it, it, it's not like a fantastic movie because it, it has like not a great focus it kind of likes to jump around like, oh, now we're doing the drug thing. Now we're doing the the civil rights thing. Now we're doing just all these different like big moments in the 60s and everything. Uh, but I mean, the music definitely made it very endearing. And it was just kind of a, a weird movie that I had never heard of. But it seems like it would be something right down my alley. A musical and Beatles music. Like, come on. Um, yeah, Speak- I think that's... Uh, oh, and I... I think I mentioned it last week. I've been playing Bioshock again. You did, yeah. That's probably 
yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. What about you, Jimmy? I was going to say, speaking of musicals, this is another thing I forgot to mention last week. Holden, Emily and I watched Singing in the Rain. Oh, what'd you think? Singing in the Rain. I really liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. I mean, the plot is pretty basic, um, but Mm -hmm. I thought the music and dancing was phenomenal. Like, a lot of the dancing was crazy. Oh, the choreography in that is insane. That's what got me when I watched it. And the cin- the um, cinematography and blocking was fantastic. Oh, my goodness. I mm-hmm. could not believe it. I was like, this is for a movie from the whoa, when sing- 50s? 50s, I was going to say. Yeah. I was like, this is, I mean, like, this is like Citizen Kane level stuff. I mean, like, just the, <laughs> I mean, for that era, I mean, like, this is. Yeah. Like you could just like I was perfect. I I was just blown away by how they moved the camera, how they moved the characters within the camera. The blocking was fantastic to go along with the choreography, the cinematography, the lighting. I just was like so blown away by that quality of the production. Um, And I just they thought it out so well. Um, And I mean, it was it was Carrie Fisher's mom. Yeah, it was just a fun movie to watch um and yeah i think think that's it though oh i started listening to based on several recommendations the last podcast on the left holden have you ever heard of them Mm -mm. um they do a lot of like true crime cults stuff they do these series they're well researched and then they like very well researched they do them in like series and they're pretty popular um on on itunes and whatnot uh, but I've been listening to their Mormonism series. It's a six-part series. I'm on part three. It's very interesting to find out all oh. this stuff. And it's based very much in, in research. And, I mean, they, they really know their stuff. And they do funny voices and all that to bring it to life. So I, if you're ever on, like, a road trip and you're like, I don't know what to listen to for a podcast. Also, very, very mature. Rated R. So a little disclaimer okay. for, <laughs> for there if, if you're a younger listener. Listen. If you're a younger listener, listener discretion advised. Yes. Uh, wait to check them out. Otherwise, Holden, I'm good. You good, Holden? You ready to take us home? I think so. Yeah. Uh, next week, uh, we might do Minari. That's this. I, what country is it from? The U.S. <laughs> is it the U.S.? Well, it takes place in Arkansas. Oh, okay. For some reason, I don't know. Here's the, the synopsis. really got me. The synopsis okay. is a Korean-American family moves to an Arkansas farm in search of its own American dream. Amidst the challenges of this new life in the strange and rugged Ozarks, they discover the undeniable resilience of family and what really makes a home. 98% Rotten Tomatoes, 88% okay. Metacritic Holden. I think we should see it. Okay, I was entirely going off the fact that I do not like the title makes no sense to me. I like I don't know what that is. I just assumed it was some foreign word <laughs> that I wasn't familiar with. Uh, but okay, yeah. So, it, but it's this movie that's been getting a lot of buzz. Um, so we we might be seeing that. We had talked about seeing Tom and Jerry, but we don't really. If it's really it. bad, we, we might, might. If it's watch like it really just bad, to have fun with it. If it <laughs> but if it's like a it's yeah. 50, 60 on Metacritic, that's not low. Forty, that's not low enough. It's got to be. Below if it's like 20. somehow really good, if it's somehow really good, we'll watch it. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> all right um what else yeah and then i think i think the week after that might actually be a gap week so we might finally get to i think it's ace ventura is our next one (laughs) 
when nature calls. We already did that, um, didn't we? No. Oh, well, no. where have I been? We've had it in the docket for a while, but we've had a lot of things we wanted oh, okay. to talk about. Well, hi-ho, Silva. Hoodie. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, so you can leave us requests by giving us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already, or you can send us an email at tompodcast at gmail.com, have it in the email, or you can uh, donate to our Patreon and have it there. Uh, all very different ways to get us your requests, yeah. which we want. Or we will we'll take start, them We'll start from getting you. into more of those. I, <laughs> I've planned out I've I've done a schedule of the next several weeks, um, so we I do know of some gap weeks that are coming out unless something just suddenly jumps out at us. I did that last year too, and then it all backfired once ever, once everything started <laughs> getting delayed. So we'll uh, we'll see how long this one holds up. Um, yeah, and then you, yeah, you can follow us on social medias, and yeah, I think that's it. All right, Holden, adios, pantalones. Love you. <laughs>